Welcome to The Truth In This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I have another installment of um, my series of The Truth In This Art Beyond. And we're in Austin. Um, well, we're focusing in Austin. This is remote right now as we record. Uh, today I have the privilege of chatting with a um, storyteller who tells stories through visual art, film, video, uh, music, fashion, and events. He believes in the power of art and the importance of the artist as a community catalyst for social and cultural change, economic development, healing, planning, and collective conversation. It's a great guest. Uh, welcome, Shaka, to the podcast. What's good? What's going on, man? It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to have you on, man. Absolutely, man. Like a like a like a legend. Your your name is in the streets, so <laughs> it, it was just like oh, where is it? Shaka Shaka. It was just that in the background. <laughs> um, so I, I gave literally that copy and paste, and I, I noticed your your facial expression as I was saying. It's like, yeah, get those words right, bro. <laughs> nah, I mean, I was just, I was just, I was just smiling because that's 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 it. You know, I wrote that bio or whatever myself, and that's one hundred percent real. You know, it's one hundred percent what I do. It's long, but like it captures it better than you know than yeah. anything else. So. In that, so that's that's a very fair and accurate assessment. What your background is. So for those who are undipped, um, you know, share share like who you are or what have you. Like broaden it out because I'm sure it can be longer, right? And and express what you're currently working on. Ah uh, man, I mean that's a lot in itself. But you know, I am I am Shaka, and Shaka is here uh, to bring people together and to. Um, be creative about our uh, liberation and our ultimate uh, this ultimate new world that we we need to create for you know I just had a son he's uh, five months old Congrats. Um, these paradigms and everything you know all all the ways that you know we have uh, lived and were taught is as the reality uh, most of that is based in insanity in you know and um, we we want to be uh, human and we want to live in a way that uh, celebrates our humanity. And so, you know, whether it's, you know, painting, uh, creating clothes, um, making music with my wife, I have a group called Riders Against the Storm. We moved here 12 years ago. Um, I've been married with my wife 15 years. We've been together 18 years. Our son was born on our 15 year wedding anniversary, February 10th. Um, we move with intention. We move with spirit. Uh, we don't move according to markets or this or that. We move according to uh, just just what drives us. Money doesn't drive us, um, but we've been blessed uh, to have uh, what we do and what we love become uh, our way of sustaining ourselves and, and, yeah. and, and employing ourselves and making other people um, find their allowing other people to find their passion and their drive too. So you know, uh, you know, I have a clothing line. It's called Net for Fresher. You can find that at freshtolife.com. You can find our music, Riders Against the Storm, or you can find Dawa. Um, which is something I started in 2019 at dawahills.org. And I started Dawa um, because, you know, living in this city or, or most cities, you know, being someone that is following your passion as an artist, as an artist, you know, an artist, music is here for, for our collective healing, regardless of whether it's hardcore or a symphony, if it's some hardcore rap or it's a symphony, like we need music to help us figure out our lives, to help us make sense of the world that we're in. Um, and, you know, different uh, genres have different modalities, different frequencies that allow us to um, find peace or find a community or find connection. And so, you know, that's uh, 
that's an important role and it's not taken seriously in our society. It's actually undervalued. Mm-hmm. There, there, I don't think there's anyone that's listening to this podcast that can say that their life wasn't affected by a song or a movie or even a painting or, or an artist. Um, there's very few people that can say that, but most of these artists before they became someone that was known and had notoriety, they were struggling, you know, because mm-hmm. they, uh, their work, um, is not valued until it reaches some type of market and it can be sold and, and, and valued in that way. And that's when, you know, people start to applaud you or whatever. But we believe that, you know, these roles are important and they should be supported. Mm-hmm. So Dawa uh, started in 2019. I threw a party on my birthday and I raised $3,000. And my plan was just keep throwing parties and like raise money and give it away. But um, the success of, of the first party and, and just the energy around it, I got some friends that were part of different nonprofits and part of other groups like uh, social uh, development groups and things like that, that were just like, you know, you should really turn this into something. So Dawa in in Swahili, it means medicine. And the acronym for Dawa is Diversity, Awareness and Wellness in Action. So I started it because, again, the musicians are undervalued, the social workers are undervalued, the teachers are undervalued. What would our society be without these roles? Mm -hmm. Where, Where would we be? without teachers? Where will we be without people that are looking out for our mental health? Where will we be without nurses? Uh, where will we be without people in the service industry bringing us our food and making sure that, you know, what we, what we get at our table is, 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 is good. And, yeah. and, and therefore these, these roles are like seriously undervalued across the board. So th- these are the roles that I played throughout my life. You know, I was a community organizer. I, yeah. I ran a, uh, when I lived in Providence, um, I was a community organizer. I was a high school teacher. I was obviously a, a musician, an artist. I was successful. Yeah. I, the, the students that I work with, they learned how to read. They learned how to, you know, e- explore their world through reading. Um, they learned how to be creative and 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 bring that into the classroom. Um, you know, I ran an after school nonprofit called uh, True School Studios. We took kids that were getting you know arrested for you know cre- being creative and putting their art on walls, and we started to teach them how to screen print and and do commission work and and uh, back in the day with the tall tees, like do airbrush and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't mean like my bank was. Uh, my bank account was showing how successful I was at those things. Right. So those things usually don't add up if you choose that path. But if, if that's your path, you know, and, and some of us, that, that's what we're born to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we, can, we can go and try to get a tech job or whatever and be unhel- uh, unhealthy and, and, and miserable. Um, or, you know, we can like follow our passion. But, you know, sometimes that passion can lead to us feeling miserable because the, the money that we get for doing these things that we're passionate about is not doesn't add up. Um, so anyway, I started Dawa for that community itself, and we've uh, we've raised over two hundred thousand dollars. We've given away one hundred fifty three thousand dollars over the last two and a half years to two hundred dollar Visa gift cards to that very community. Seventy seventy one percent of that uh, group has been African American. Thirty percent of them were musicians, and then it goes from there. But um, we've raised the money all through events, uh, partnerships with local businesses. Um, some some larger donors, but mainly like people giving at the 10, 20, 25, 50 dollar range yeah. um, has allowed us to to do all these things. So I couldn't I couldn't do that. I couldn't create something like Dawa if I wasn't if my community hadn't allowed me to become what I am. So, you know, there were times where, you know, my wife and I, you know, couldn't you know, we we had to leave our apartment 
uh, well, well, it was our house that we were living in. We had to leave the house that we were in in 30 days. Our car was totaled. We couldn't afford first or last month's rent anywhere. Yeah. And we were basically homeless. Um, but people took us in. People let us stay in the extra bedroom. People, uh, you know, filled our refrigerator with groceries. There was always somebody there helping us because they believed in what we were doing. They're saying, no, like, no, like you guys, you guys offer something that we can't get anywhere else. And we see you, we witness you, and we're going to do what we can. Now, this wasn't spoken. This was just through action. That's why it's yeah. diversity, awareness, and wellness in action. Because when you witness and you see that, it's you know, it's your responsibility to do what you can to make sure that that person um, can thrive in, in what they're doing. So our community allowed us to reach the point where well, now we have a career in music, Yeah, you know, and we we uh, we managed to set ourselves up in a sense where I can now sit and do podcast interviews without worrying about <laughs> yeah. uh, what's going to happen next month. I can I can go and have meetings with with uh, businesses and companies and talk to them about Dawa and not talk to them about trying to do something for, for our music career or things like that. I, I'm in a privileged position now because of what we, how we've established ourselves to be able to give abundantly to other people. So, you know, that's uh, what's going on around here. It's good to hear. Thank you. Thank you for breaking that down for us. So it, it, it's, it's a few things that are in there that, you know, I see, and I, I see that connection, like where, you know, the community being there to support, you know, folks within the community, you know, that is the thing I think that's really important. And I think it's naturally there where, you know, the, the spot that I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm in this spot where I have a salary. I'm all right. I'm privileged in that way. So anything that comes in that's extra, that's gravy outside of like operation costs. That's gravy. So I can, you know, send some money here to a photographer who may not be able to afford film right now because everything has gone up inflation um, and fill in some of those gaps where, you know, some of the people entrusted with those duties from a fiduciary standpoint might not be necessarily hitting that or questioning what actually is art. And and, and that's the thing that's interesting because um, I'm in this spot where I noticed one of the first things within your your bio a storyteller. And that's the lane that I'm in. I, I think I'm more of a facilitator in it and curating these things. But you have a conversation and I think we were talking about it before we got on mic, where somebody who's not in the know, they don't know what to call that. Oh, you just do a podcast. You just get on the microphone. You just talk. It's like, it's much more than that. It's, it's, uh, it, it's intellectually curious conversations. It's something that's trying to drive a point home and help someone share a story. I could just ask you the rudimentary questions. So tell me about your work. Wow, that's interesting. That's right. not really getting anything out of it, but right. trying to drive a point home to get, basically be a point guard. Let me assist you in getting this out there. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so in this way, and I think you touched on it, and I think I was, I'm kind of pointing at it. What is the artist, generally speaking, what's their responsibility? Um, the artist, artist's role is to help us like reflect on ourselves, to reflect on the time, um, and to consider alternatives. Now, not every artist does all those things, but regardless, you know, a lot of people get upset. Well, oh, they're making this music, they're talking about this or that. It's like they're just reflecting what the time, what the times are. Mm -hmm. If if there's drugs and guns in the community, people gonna talk about drugs and guns. Um, you know. The artist's role is to just reflect the times and hopefully, you know, make us um, think about um, different a different path to open up uh, new realities. 
that's what I feel like the artist's role is. Um, and then like there's a deeper, there's a deeper role where healing can occur. Mm-hmm. And and that's why I feel like, you know, we started a party here called Body Rock. And, you know, we called it All Souls Church from the beginning um, because it was really about connecting people of all ages, all backgrounds through music. Um, but we throw intention into it and prayer into it and and deep meditation into it so that, you know, I mean, at one body rock, I'm going I'm to be given probably 100, 150 hugs. I mean, we have, yeah. you know, 500 to 800 people come out to these parties. And, you know, you have people in their 80s that come out. You have people in their early 20s that come out. It's really awesome. It's the most diverse party. But what happens is, you know, through the through the coming together and the and the and the energy of just everybody lifting and elevating and shouting and screaming together and and hugging, like healing occurs, you know, where people um, are can break free of that autopilot default setting that most of us are on all the time, mm-hmm. you know, but you have to have a facilitator. You have to have someone facilitate you into that space. And then you may not even realize that things are shifting. And then when they start to shift, we, I mean, we've had people, you know, come up after this, after the party's over and like, you know, you guys don't understand, like you said this on the mic or you, this song came and like, you know, I haven't been able to grieve my grandmother's death for the last 10 years. You know, I, you know, I, I had a, you know, a breakthrough. Um, people that have, you know, felt their children's first kick in their belly, people yeah. that, you know, um, we just did a, a, a show recently and some, I, I was talking to the crowd cause we, it's, it's like church I and mean, we'll stop the music and just talk or whatever. Sometimes we just ask people to clap their hands. We might start humming, whatever. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the people was like, cause I said something, I don't remember. Cause I'm, when I'm in my zone, it's just coming out, mm-hmm. it's flowing. She's like, you know, you said uh, something about the, your ancestors or ancestors or whatever. And she was like, I'm wearing my grandmother's boots. These are her dancing boots. I haven't worn them in so long. And she had this opportunity to like reflect in that moment and just feel um, something that, you know, again, is a part of what we want to bring into the space because the party has become void. It's become it, it, it's empty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just an opportunity for people to I mean, there, there's there's things that happen there, but it's really just about drinking, getting messed up, you know, and, and you're having a certain level of entertainment. But like, what was the party like when we first when we first started having parties? It was yeah. to celebrate a birth. Uh, celebrate the crops coming in, celebrate the, you know, the spring, the summer, you know what I mean? These things, there was a deep intention behind us coming together and singing and clapping and doing these things. It's, it's community now focus. It's, yeah. Yeah. Now it's just about, you know, just to hang and that's fine. Like we need to hang, we need to get out of our, our thing. But I think when you take it to a deeper level, there's so much more potential. There's so much more opportunity um, for new realizations um, and just, just new energy to be, to be born and to be, to be found. Absolutely. 100%. So, so as an artist, like I believe in that. And like, I, 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 there's no separation between, you know, healing and what I create. It's, it's, you know, I'm a scientist, I'm an artist and uh, like, I'm a medicine man, yeah. you know, I'm a, you know, it's like all these things, like there's no difference between them. Like when, when I create, it's all, that's all there. There's always medicine. There's always technology involved. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we consider ourselves to, you know, uh, community to be the greatest technology that we have. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and I think, you know, you have to be in a spot where you're recognizing all the different things that, you know, your work touches, what you do touches. And I, I find that, you know, going back to the thing I was saying earlier, 
we, we have these folks that will tell you, oh, you just do this. Don't put just in front of anything that I do, you know, and it's and it is not a matter of like reading your own press clipping as your own reviews, because who wants to do that? You just know what you do. And then other people, they're the ones that's telling you maybe what it may mean to them. It may not mean the same thing to somebody else. And I think when you're describing some of the work and what you what you have in terms of intention, that's that's where we're at. And that's what really makes sense. And yeah, man. Sometimes people come up to me and they're like, uh, well, that was a great party. And so, sometimes in the back of my mind, I was like, is that what you, this wasn't a, you know what I mean? This is, this, <laughs> but you know, it's like, that's how they, that's how they received it. Not everyone gets into the, some of the frequency, some of the things that we're bringing. Mm -hmm. um, and some people come specifically for that medicine. They know like, whenever this party happens, I'm going to be able to release, I'm going to be able to get free and find, you know, something deeper. And then, you know, there are other people that are like, oh, that's a great party. Like we're entertainers to them to an extent. And this it's a spectrum. But, you know, I'm not I'm not an entertainer. That's for sure. Like, you know, um, I definitely I'm more of, I'm a facilitator. I'm an yeah. artist. But I like entertainment, like it, part of it, part of entertaining is distract distracting. And I want us to like go in. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I, I've been using, I've been really on this Austin Cleon thing about stealing, you know, he's stealing like an artist or what have you. And it, it, it was this quote that I, I took down that it made a, it made a lot of sense to me. Um, I read the, uh, I wait, wait quote, um, life is art, art uh, artist life, life is art. I never separate them. What are your thoughts on that quote? And have you had any experience where artists taught you some life lessons? <laughs> Every experience, man. I'm gonna I'm throw I'm gonna throw one at you. that's gonna trip you out. So me and uh, me and my wife. Uh, well, my wife actually started the comedy group, um, but I came in shortly after she started it. It was an all black sketch comedy group. We was uh, New England's only all black sketch comedy group, and we you know we did shows at colleges, we did shows at rec centers everywhere. Um, it was a traveling group. And uh, I had this character that I created. His name was Sergeant Snuggles. And I created I created Sergeant Snuggles because I was a teacher and I worked at a high school. And in that high school, there was a military uh, recruiter in there almost every day. And they gave him access to the lunchroom, you know, the hallways. Like he's walking down the hallways. People give him high fives, you know, that type of thing. But they only had one college fair, you know, uh, a year. And, you know, I'm just like, you know, you give you give this guy access to all these, you know, you know, lower income, you know, black and brown students. And that's highly influential, basically. You know, you're you're basically just saying that this is this is this is one of the main routes for you to take. And we all know that, you know, wars, you know, are about money and not the not the well, not all of us know that, but you know, we know these wars are not fought for the ideals. Um, they're they're fought over territory and money and, and resources. And so, you know, these young people end up going to fight for these very wealthy people end up losing their lives or come back with PTSD. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's the dark side of it. But like they're highly encouraged to like take that route. So anyway, I was just you know, it, it bothered me. Like when I saw him, I mean, I was always cool to him. He's another human or whatever. But like it would just make me mad because there was only one college for you. I mean, they should at least have, you know, once a month have a college person come in and get high fives walking down. The hall, you know what I mean? Or yeah. or whatever. Or or, uh, you know. Any type, any type of anything else besides just that that um, that daily influence. Yeah. So, I created Sergeant Snuggles basically to clown the military industrial complex <laughs> because I felt like, you know, we needed to like tear it down, tear it down publicly. So, uh, the character had this uh, 
these snaggle teeth and he had these like bottle coke glasses and you know he had one arm the backstory is that he was in desert storm he lost his arm but like each of the sketches that we did like he would always run into these kids in the community it was like a repeating thing mm-hmm. when he would like try to recruit them into the army but what they would do is they would just tear him down every time and just like crack jokes on him until like he basically had his head hanging but at the end they would do this dance battle and it was different versions of that like it was like the same thing just different jokes and different different and so over over time he became a hero like when he came out he was one of the most beloved characters that we had. We had all types of different characters. We had the characters named Willis and Tamika. We had uh, the the frugal pimps. They pimped on a the budget. They didn't, they pimped the system. We had these, these uh, old granddaddy characters. We had multiple characters that would just repeat and be in every show. Mm-hmm. And so he became a crowd favorite. Like he would come out, and people were like snuggle. They be chanting. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, we ended up. He ended up running for president in 08. We did a whole website. Um, he went to he went to community events. Um, he would speak at community events and, and it was like a whole, it was a whole thing. And so it got to the point where people outside of in-house, the in-house freestyle community mm-hmm. didn't know if he was real or not. <laughs> so we go on, we go on to this uh, public affairs uh, community access show and, and they, it's, it's for people of color and like politics and stuff like that. And the guy, Jim Vincent, he knew that this was, you know, not a real person, but he had him on because Snuggles was talking about real things. Like he had like a real platform that was like community based. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just using him like to get these kind of con- more alternative thoughts out into the community. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're about to go. He's about to go on and get interviewed. And this guy, he steps out from behind the uh, behind the uh, camera. You know, it's community access. So it's all community folks in there in front of behind the camera. And he pulls up the, the pant leg, his right pant leg. And he's got a prosthetic leg. Yeah. And he says to he says to Snuggles, I feel you, brother, because Snuggles. He was so skinny, like he could tuck his arm behind his back and it looked like he he didn't have an arm. Mm. So this dude like literally like thought that Snuggles was a real person. Mm. And the community also as well, like when he went out, they didn't know that he was a character. So Mm. life and art, right? We created this individual as kind of a part of our art process and a part of our, you know, wanting to bring up certain things, but he became real. He became real to people. And what that taught us is about these politicians and we, we, we wrote all of his speeches. We, we, we created the platform. We t- did photo shoots and all that stuff and did community events and all that. We created him. Mm-hmm. And those poli- the politicians that we see are the same. Not they totally. are created. They are created. Mm-hmm. They don't believe what they're saying. They don't, they don't even a lot of times even know what they're saying. They're getting handed cue cards they're getting handed speeches and there's companies and other under agendas behind them. Mm-hmm. And so like life and art, man, it's like right there, like they, they were one and we, you know, we had that experience. That's like the, one of the best, that's one of the best examples of that, but it's, that's constantly around us because we don't separate them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it the way you described that towards, towards the end with the cue cards, it reminded me of, uh, what is it? Uh, the Ron Burgundy movie or what have you, when they kind of changed out like the cue cards and he said like F you San Diego right. instead of good night San Diego. He's like, Oh, right. I read that. <laughs> he didn't even realize it. And it, it is one of those things where I, I have this belief if we're talking, let's say, you know, I'll put the, I like to put things in very simple terms because I find like, you know, that's kind of what my role is. And I always try to find comedy in something that can might be rough, but I like to kind of get down to the root of things. And I think generally speaking, people just want to win. They don't, they, they will sell out whatever their thing is and kind of what you were touching on. Like 
you'll have somebody out there saying, I believe in this. My record dictates this. Well, your record shows that you've been all over the board of who's paying. So when we get into that and you, you see it when you start paying attention and it's just like it's the reminder is. And I think a lot of the work and maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of the work that you've you've been involved in is in this vein of mm, no one's saving us. We got to save ourselves. And here's how we're going to do it. And I think that that's important. I think that that distinction is key to us being able to pull ourselves out of these bad situations and be able to do it on our own. And I'll leave you with this before I move to this next question. And, I, and I'm sure you have a take on it. Um, but, you know, uh, the initial run, I was doing these interviews in Texas. And this comes a week after like Juneteenth, right? And I remember the branding, the CNN branding. I was like, Juneteenth has its own flag. It's red, white, and blue. And, you know, I was like, well, why is all the branding, like kind of these Pan-African colors? I was like, did they rebrand Freedom? I was like, did they take our thing and make it commercial and turn it into a concert? All right, cool. I, I get it. Yeah, they sure did. And, I mean, you know, I'm we, crazy we, for calling we, we it out. We got to expect that. We got to expect that because it's, it's, it's capitalism. That's what happens. Yeah. You know, they're going to turn everything into, a, you know, a gift shop, into a souvenir, you know, thing. It, it's, it's like this joke that Patrice O'Neill had uh, years ago. And he was talking about when sneakers went up in price. He was like, yeah, I remember when Air Force Ones were like $35 and then it hit you and it's like, it's 80. You're like, oh no. And it's like, I right, it's 70 now. Whew, at least it's not 80. And it's kind of a version of that when we see them come out with the ice cream, Vaseline. You, kn- you know, it's going to be some some sales next year for cars. You know, something goofy. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it, it's 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 July for it's everything you know that's how they do everything they don't know anything else so we can't expect it's now a national holiday of course they're going to jump on board you're going to see Juneteenth everything and it's not anything that's really sustainable like if you come in there you're a black person I, I think it's, it's a comedian that had a bit he's like oh yeah you get a uh, you know three-fifths off you know <laughs> I was like wow that's 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 great I think it was Andrew Schultz and it's kind of one of those things of you know we talk about and it's funny where, where I'm going with this, but we talk about like, you know, reparations and things of that nature, because that's what people felt was going to come. And they say, oh, well, we're getting Juneteenth. And I was like, no, because they need to de- determine who's black and they need to write it down on paper and they won't do that. They had to acknowledge certain things. They won't do that unless it means they're going to win something and they're not going to win anything getting yeah. black people like kind of set, you know, kind of some de- some degree of being more equitable. That's not going to happen. Yeah, no, this is this is a uh, capitalism and and slavery is embedded in wars, embedded genocide is embedded in in, in this whole thing. It's so <laughs> they're not they're not going to give up anything at all. So it's really on us to realize that and wake up to that. You know, people, it's like it's just cycles. You know, we we keep seeing the same thing. We're trading and hostages. We, <laughs> you know, we just we just have to realize that you know it's on us. You know, to wake mm-hmm. up um, from the lies and the and the and the dreams that they've sold us. So I, I have this question. This, this is the, I think this is the first time. Yeah, we'll pause it. <coughs> My dog was getting ready to make a uh, fuss if I didn't let him out. No, you're good. You're good. I'll, I'll edit and post. It's all good. Um, so I'm going to go back into this next question. So one, this, this is a question. I think this is one of the first times I've actually asked this question. And, um, and like I said, you know, when I came down here, you know, your name is in the streets. So <laughs> tell me, tell me about, like life, you know, as an artist, as a creative, as a community leader, all of the, the different hats that you're wearing and you're wearing a hat currently. Uh, tell me about all of the different hats you're wearing while being 
either how is how is it different being obscure versus being known? Like you're doing this work behind the scenes and nobody really knows who you are, but they're like, okay, you're you're doing it. I see that guy all the time. And now once they know who you are, it's like, oh, I can go to Shaka for that. Or oh, I can reach out. So tell me how that is for you. I mean, I think it's just a it's a part of the process. And like I just feel like you mentioned someone earlier. Um uh, we were talking before the show, like there's certain people that uh, choose to ignore certain things or, or choose to see what you're doing and try to copy it or, you know, and a lot of that happens. But the thing is that, you know, I, I, I believe in the four agreements, you know, and one of them is is be impeccable with your word. One of them is always do your best. Um, one of them is don't make assumptions. And, uh, and that fourth one is don't take anything personally. Yeah. So, you know, I think those things drive me like regardless of what, how, if people are saying they love me or whether they're saying they hate me or how they're responding to me, those are the four things that I focus on. And the, that's where like the blessings come from um, because I'm always just giving thanks. I'm always grateful for whatever is happening. Um, even when it, even when it's hard and sometimes, yeah, I do get, I do get caught up in, Oh, this isn't happening to that. But most of the time I'm just, I'm just really happy and uh, really grateful to be able to, make a living doing things that that I, I really am truly passionate about. And so everything, you know, comes out of that. And I think the obscurity is just based on like, you know, people not knowing you as they get to, as they start to find out about you, you, you come out of that. But from obscurity to like notoriety, I'm the same person. Like I, I don't talk to you any different than I talk to a politician or this person or that person. So that that could close the door for me or could open the door for me. Yeah. I really don't I really don't care to be honest because I truly believe that whatever's for me is for me. Mm-hmm. And like nobody can nobody can stop that. They can choose to ignore it. And there are plenty of people in this city, trust me, that choose to kind of ignore, act like I'm not, I'm not here at all. And, and that's not just white people, that's black people, whatever, because people get intimidated um, when they feel like they can't control you. Or when they feel like um, they can't, they can't, um, yeah, they, they they somehow can't dictate what, what you say or do. So that intimidates people a lot. And so, you know, I know that's a, that's a part of being authentic. Yeah. You know, there, there's a, there's a, there's a downside to it when you just authentically yourself that, you know, you can intimidate a lot of people. Um, and there are a lot of quote unquote leaders um, that get intimidated um, by how i you know, present or, or things that I say or things that I do. And that's just part of it. But regardless, um, we've always been able to move forward, whether it be incrementally really small things that we could celebrate. Like um, I remember the first time we realized that we, the party I was telling you body rock when we realized that there's three, 400 people coming out every month. Like that was like, that was like a check, Yeah, you know, <laughs> we celebrated that because that may not, we didn't have to do these other things during the month that was keeping us away from our creativity and things that we wanted to do. Right. So mm-hmm. once we knew we had that, you know, it's the little things it's just, and, and it's knowing that you started on a second Wednesday of the month with uh, no cover and you were getting 20% of the bar. And now you're, you're getting 400 people out every month and they're paying five to $10. You know what I mean? Yeah. Celebrate all of that. And now, you know, each milestone you celebrate it, you, you enjoy it, no matter how, no matter who's obscuring you or whatever, yeah. who's celebrate the people that are giving to you, people that are filling your well, filling your cup. You know what I mean? And that's where, you know, things start to multiply and everything like that. So I, I really, you know, obscurity or notoriety, man, it's just all about staying consistent and being focused. 
Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's big. It's, it's important. Um, so I got one last real question and then I got a bunch of rapid fire questions because <laughs> I got things to ask you. Um, so, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this one. Um, could you tell me about your first memory in Austin? What was that? How was it? Tell me, tell me about that. Like when you think of Austin, it's like first memory. What is it for you? <laughs> uh, man, my first memory is actually us. Um, we were driving. We, I think our, I think we might have had some stuff we were kind of unpacking still, mm-hmm. but we had like this old, it was a 97 Subaru Legacy uh, station wagon, like one of this cranberry, but it was like, you know, like the paint was just like different colors and our AC really wasn't working, didn't work. And uh, it was what we had, right? But we pull up next to this, uh, this woman and she's like, she's looking at us. You guys can't see me, but she's like making that sign, like roll your window down, roll your window down. And we still coming from the North. So it's like, you know, we still had that kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what you what you look in that type of energy? You know what I mean? Like, who, who are you? You know? So anyway, you know, we ended up, we, I don't know. It was like, a, we both looked at each other and kind of looked back and forth. Like, what does she want? Like, we rolled the window down and she was like, I just want to, I saw your plate. They, they said Rhode Island. I just want to say, welcome to Austin. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and it was at this intersection and I was like, you know, it was, it was just like, that's the first really real memory that I, I have that's like really pops out when anyone yeah. says that. But it's funny at that very, that very same intersection or very close to that intersection, I had another memory where I, I uh, an officer stopped me and they said that I ran uh, a red light. Mm-hmm. So the officer came up to me and he was like, uh, yeah, uh, did you, you know, you read that, ran that red light. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. When you crossed, uh, the light was black. I mean, I mean, green, I mean, red. I was like, oh, the light was black, huh? Huh? Huh. Yeah. Funny how that yeah. works, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, two different Austin memories at a very similar like location. But um, yeah, that's like that's like one of the first memories yeah. that I have for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. Um thank Absolutely. you for, for everything so far, actually. It's uh, you know, gotten some uh some interesting context and learning more about uh your works. That's been great. And with that, with all of that good stuff all of the goodwill that's been established here. It's now time to get to some rapid fire questions. Let's go. Um, so the way these are going to work, I'm going to start peppering you with questions and, you know, you just want to answer these as quickly as possible. You don't want to overthink it because people are like, yeah. I don't know if, you know, chocolate is my favorite flavor. Maybe it's this, <laughs> maybe it's that. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I got you. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's go. Okay. With all of the hats that you're wearing, what other talent would you most likely, would, would you most like to have? Uh, I want a swim. I want to like be able to swim long distance. Okay. Uh, what's a word or phrase that you overuse day to day? Facts. <laughs> Favorite book? Four Agreements. I, I looked that up when you mentioned it, by the way. <laughs> uh, this is a great one. Nickname you had when you were younger? Meatball. <laughs> My brother had the same one. <laughs> uh, Historical figure you most identify with? Oh, yeah. James Baldwin. Good on you. Uh, What's a hashtag that best describes you? Fresher together. I like that. Uh, And lastly, what is something outside of the outside of what all of the things that you do? What is something that you've always dreamed of doing that I that I that I'm not doing currently or that you have never done? Yeah. Hmm. 
that might be the stumper right there because there's a lot of things like man what, what do i want to do again yeah no nah, it's like i just feel like uh i mean the thing that came to my mind but i mean we've done this but like just living living outside the united states for you know longer than than a month you know just like really like living in another country uh for maybe a year or more just getting out of here um uh, shoot I, i'm really interested in checking out rwanda um we've been to belize we really liked it in belize um but like i i i think if i if i had to choose a place right now i could just like live for a year and be outside of here it'd be rwanda that's legit so that's pretty much all of my questions see we we, we got it we got we, we made it happen um Already. so i want to thank you for being on this podcast and um two i want to also invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out your work all of that stuff social media website all of the things so tell us, please. Okay. Man, there's so many that they can find me personally at Shaka, C-H-A-K-A-C-L-E-C-T. S-E-E-L-E-C-T. That's my personal Instagram. You can find Dawa at Dawa Hills, D-A-W-A-H-E-A-L-S on Instagram. You can find Riders Against the Storm at R-A-S Hip Hop, Ross Hip Hop. And you can find my clothing line, uh, Nefer Fresher at N-E-F-R-F-R-E-S-H-R or freshtolife.com, fresh2life.com. So there you have it, folks. I want to, again, thank Shaka for coming on to this podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying there is art in and around your city, just like Austin. You just got to look for it. The Truth in Us Art Beyond is produced with the generous support from Raisin in the Sun, Black Art Matters ATX, and Six Square. Raisin in the Sun is an Austin-based nonprofit organization whose work focuses on cultivating resilience through art and environmental initiatives. Find more out about their mission at RaisinInTheSun.org. Black Art Matters ATX focuses on amplifying Black voices in Austin's cultural conversation by financially supporting new work from Black artists based in Austin. Learn more about their work at BlackArtMattersATX.org and Six Square. Their work focuses on preserving and celebrating the historical legacy of the African-American community that once thrived in Central East Austin. Learn more about their work at sixsquare.org. Thank you all for your generous support. Music